I, I could not imagine because my job, my W-2, it was like less than five miles away from my house. I can come back to my house, eat lunch and go back to work. I'm like, it doesn't get any better than this. My commute is five minutes. It's like everybody's dream. But now I'm thinking back, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sitting here in my living room. I can just walk over to my kitchen and, and grab a bite. But uh, the true freedom I already tasted, I don't have it yet because I still have to really produce work on it all the time. I have really bold goals, reading a lot of books. Um, uh, we need to really have huge goals in order to achieve them. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today I have Vlad Arakchiev on the show. This is a man who was graphic designing three years ago, and then all of a sudden his job was taken away from him and he was thrust into real estate, into a life of investing. We're going to talk about how he's done JV deals, how he's been sponsors, how he's grown over 500 units of real estate in just a very, very short period of time. So Vlad, thank you so much for giving us the time and take us into it, man. Like take us into that part of the story. What was it like being a graphic designer? What's it like been the last three years? Yeah, thanks a lot uh, for, uh, um, I'm really pumped to be on your show and it, it's been completely crazy. I, I just, it's it's like basically picture this, you know, like you're laying in warm, cozy bed, sleeping, and then your cover's being ripped off, <laughs> and somebody pours like a bucket of ice-cold water on top of you. This is exactly how it's been. I, I used to be a graphic designer, used to make those big billboards that you see on the side of the highway. It was all cool, and then COVID hit. I got furloughed, didn't know when my next paycheck's coming from. Um, I got a wife, mortgage, two kids, three cats, you know, got to keep feed those cats, right? <laughs> and um, decided to try something else. And my wife said, hey, listen, you know, real estate market's pretty good. How about being a real estate agent? Uh, so it's pretty, it, it, it's a pretty nice career. Uh, at least try it out part time. Plus you get some tax benefits as well. So I'm like, okay, let's go. So um, I got called back to my W-2, and at night I was studying uh, to be a residential agent. Passed my test. Now I'm in Jersey uh, working as an agent, which is great. I like it. And then one thing led to another, and somebody said, hey, did you try this flipping or wholesaling? It's also pretty cool. I'm like, okay, why not? Let's try it. So started wholesaling a little bit and going to networking events around, you know, around here. Um, partner up on few flips because I'm not like a handyman. I don't know. I can find the deal, but I don't know what to do with it afterwards. So partner up with people. And then shortly after realize that you can't really scale as fast as we wanted to. So the next step would be to buy and hold passive income, right? Let's try that. Got a house in Cherry Hill, which is South Jersey. It was cash flowing $1,000. I was netting that $1,000 a month. Great, awesome, use depreciation, the whole nine. But still, how many of those houses do you really need to be truly free? Well, I would say wow. quite a lot. Yeah. Next logical step, multifamily. So we got the tickets to MFIN conference. It's in 
Houston. Actually, my wife got it, and I didn't even know I was going. She's like, we're just going. And I'm like, where are we going? She's like, Houston. I'm like, please tell me it's like a little, little town in New Jersey or something. Like, She's like, no, 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 we're flying to Texas. And I'm glad she kind of made me go because that, that conference opened my eyes to a brand new world that was just untouchable for me, which is multifamily real estate. And uh, I stopped, well, I still kind of do flips here and there if the opportunity comes up, but I concentrate on multifamily. I buy large properties in Texas, Kansas, and the Carolinas. And that's my little quick transition from W2 to uh, full-time multifamily investor. By the way, I did resign from my W2. Burn the bridges Love or boats, it. whatever you call them. So a lot of what you've done, the initial spark has been your wife. So talk yes. to me about that. Why is your wife so passionate about real estate? You know what? It, it's just her personality, I think. I, I've taken that disc test, you know, the personality test. I'm a very much a green, yellow, you know, I like to be safe. I want to know when my next paycheck's coming from. I don't like to be out of my comfort zone. My wife, on the other hand, she's like red, passionate. She really wants me to move forward, wants us to move forward as much as possible. Basically, if you're standing still, you're not growing. So you better make yourself as uncomfortable as possible and grow. So she just saw the huge potential because she read all these books and then she read Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She gave it to me. It clicked with her, with me. I'll be honest with you. I'm like, okay, I got it. I got the idea. How are we doing this? Uh, like, what are we doing now? Because I was not in that mode yet. I was in a W2 mode. You had to basically switch. So she was slowly introducing all these terminology into my life and all these uh, tax benefits and this and that. And it, it, it's just, it, it, it was a slow process. Uh, she was very patient. But after I got the bug, I'm like, oh my God, look at the possibilities. Look at the potential here. Let's go. So that's exactly, yeah, she was the biggest driver here. And so- in the business itself, like it sounds like you're more of the doer in the business and she's kind of more of the idea person. She's feeding you and saying, hey, go. Yeah, she she's on the background. She's more, she's very analytical. She does underwriting. She uh, she looks at deal numbers. She's, she's very numbers oriented person. In addition, she does uh, networking as well. Me on the other hand, I find deals. I speak with brokers. I go on appointments because that kind of came with being an agent. You have to be out there as much as possible. I'm posting videos all over the place. I'm blogging, you know, doing podcasting, everything. Uh, basically growing the brand. And she's uh, she's kind of putting all the systems in place to make us grow. So we are opposite in our skills. And that's what making us, I think, fairly successful or at least uh, click when it comes to that picking up 500 units in a, in a three-year period which includes research time is 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 i would say about as fast as trajectory as i've seen anybody do so obviously something's working so talk to us about like i mean obviously you did some agent work you've done some flips so you have some lead up but i mean your speed from getting in the real estate game to multifamily was was a very quick journey like did it feel like how did it feel going that fast 
Yeah, it, it felt crazy, absolutely. Very, I, the thing is, like I said, I, I tried flips, and uh, basically when you stop uh, looking for deals, they dry out, right? There's no deals. Where's that true wealth, which is tr like freedom of time? Where's that passive income? You don't have it because you're still like hamster in the wheel. You got to really work every single day. Not that multifamily, you don't have to, but at least you have an option to kind of step back, chill. You're still making money while you're sleeping, right? That passive income, that's what everybody's looking for. So it was a huge change where um, we, after I came back from the conference, we realized that we needed coaching. And we're very coachable, you know. We we need we need credibility, of course, and of and 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 a network. And we interviewed everybody. We interviewed Samrak and Rod Cleef and everybody. So, but at the end, we joined Jake and Gino because they aligned with us more, and uh, we liked their message. We just clicked. And I, I, it, it's it's an expensive program. They're all expensive. The matter of speaking, of course, but technically, if you are thinking of joining a mastermind, in my opinion, it's the fastest way to grow, right? Yeah, getting a coach, any coach, losing weight, learning how to drive, learning how to ski, anything, you'll get there faster. You'll get there, you know, better without major mistakes or as many mistakes because they made them for you already. So they're like, hey, don't make the same mistakes we're doing. You know, do it the other way. So I think coaching is huge. We joined Jake and Gino because a lot of people ask, like, how can I in Texas buy properties in Texas by living in New Jersey, right? And the biggest thing is the network. So I immediately joined, after joining Jake and Gino, started studying as much as possible. I didn't know anything, none of that NOI, ROI, you know, IRR, forget about it. I opened the model, it freaked me out. It, it has 15 tabs on the bottom. Did you see that oh, thing? Yeah. But it took approximately six to eight months. I was underwriting every day, studying nonstop, uh, just full, just dove in. And of course, networking, speaking with people in Texas and Kansas and in the Carolinas, connected, found partners, and that's how we uh, uh, got a few deals there. So you were a graphic designer, the job goes away, you get pushed into real estate, and then shortly after you're buying into this program that's not cheap, maybe it's cheap compared to the wealth you're going to have in the future, but it's not cheap by, you know, most people's standards. How, how did you afford that? And like, why were, why were you guys so certain of making that decision? You know, it's swiping cards. Uh, I'll be honest with you. We were just swiping credit cards uh, because... Uh, we had some money, but that money was basically put away. We had some 401k. We, we weren't very liquid. Um, we couldn't obviously move the 401k over. We have a HELOC, but I really don't want to use a HELOC to pay for mentorship. So buying credit, I mean, swiping credit cards, really. Because, and, and we were so sure because there was no turning back. I couldn't see myself going back to W2 and I couldn't see myself going back to flipping. I mean, I do flip 
it it's great but at the same time i'm speaking with people and they go oh yeah uh, you know i can flip a house and make fifty thousand i'm like okay but how much are you paying in taxes after that right so wh what is your tax bill i was speaking with a guy he flipped four houses he's like oh my god i'm done yeah and i'm like so how much are you paying in taxes he's like about 50 percent. i'm like are you really done or you got uh, you got to work on some few few more flips so i could not go back yeah yeah i mean once you've tasted freedom it's really really hard to go back yeah and so what is what does life look like for you guys now you have 500 units i mean what does the day to day look like yeah right now i'm concentrating on of course finding deals uh underwriting nonstop uh we underwrite with the team in texas i would say approximately i don't know 10 deals a week maybe a little more um, we have few LOIs out. Um, I've raised capital on three, on four syndications. We closed one uh, three weeks ago. It's 128 doors in Dallas. Um, great apartment complex. Uh, before that, I worked on 419 doors syndication also in Northeast Dallas. Um, and uh, in between those, we closed on 40 doors in Kansas. It's a JV. Uh, I found that direct to seller and uh, because, you know, being an agent, I, I got used to being said no all the time. Right. I, I'm like, I don't care if people turn me down. I just keep on going. So I'm like, hmm, let me try going direct to seller in multifamily. Found this old, you know, owner and he didn't care about it anymore. So we I made an offer and my partner in Kansas City walked over there, met the guy. They clicked, and uh, at the end, we purchased this apartment complex. And in addition, we found out after we purchased not only 40 doors, it's sitting, uh, it, it, it's sitting right next to five acres of land, which is ours also, and we didn't even know about it. Yeah, and it's zoned multifamily, so we got to figure out what to do with that. So that's that yeah it's it, it was quite an adventure so you guys might be uh putting together a, a syndication to build out another another uh complex we were thinking of raising more capital to build or we can do storage or we can just sell we have multiple exit strategies here um ultimately we just got it we closed um I think December 1st or December 2nd on that thing. So it, it, we didn't even start distributions yet. Uh, about to actually. It's 100% occupied and, uh, you know, we feel pretty strongly about it. Wow. How does the current you, like thinking back to the you that, you know, three years ago, like could you ever imagine being where you're at today? Absolutely not. I mean, uh, you know, I, I could not imagine because my job, my W-2, it was like less than five miles away from my house. I can come back to my house, eat lunch and go back to work. I'm like, it doesn't get any better than this. My commute is five minutes. It's like everybody's dream. But now I'm thinking back, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sitting here in my living room. I can just walk over to my kitchen and, and grab a bite. But uh, the true freedom, I already tasted. I don't have it yet because I still have to really produce work on it all the time. I have really bold goals, reading a lot of books. Um, uh, we need to really have huge goals in order to achieve them. So like my goal for first year was uh, initially I thought like 20 doors, 
that's my goal. And then I'm listening to all these books and podcasts and Cardone is screaming 10x. And I'm like, why can't it be 10x? You know what? 200 doors. Guess what? The first year, 208. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, hey, listen, if my goal is to make, let's say, $10,000 a month net, uh, pure cash flow, why can't it be 20? Let's make that a goal. So, I mean, definitely make huge goals and take steps to achieve those goals. So Love this. I'm sensing a lot of energy from you. I'm sensing a lot of passion. Earlier in the call, you mentioned that your wife was the passionate one. How has your current role and your outlook for your future changed your energy and your passion? Yeah, it, it's, been, it's been huge because I get so excited over real estate and especially people that don't see it. it it's like it's like amorphous and I'm opening people's eyes here. The, uh, the passive cash flow, tax savings. I mean, investing in something that's much better than 401k or I, I guess a stock, because if you invest, well, you, you physically don't have it. In here, you can fly to Dallas, you can touch this building and you can be like, I own a part of this. You can be an active investor, a passive investor. You still get the benefits and tax savings either or. I mean, a lot of my friends, they have, you know, the, the fewer doctors, IT people, they can't invest or don't want to invest. So what do they do? Uh, uh, I don't know, savings accounts. What is it? 3% now it's savings accounts. So uh, what's the inflation nowadays? 10? So ultimately they're losing 7%. We're targeting 1920 IRR on our properties. So look at the possibilities. Technically, I was, I was at a nice conference yesterday. He said real estate doubles in value approximately every seven years. So you can double your money every five to seven years investing in multifamily real estate. I mean, technically, real estate has the most amount of millionaires out of any business. Is it? That's uh, not, not, that, not, even my, not even my thing, but that's what I just heard from pretty smart people the other day. So. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Yep, really, real it. estate is the greatest maker of millionaires on the planet. 
business is actually the greatest maker of billionaires. So it's like, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like if you want to be a billionaire, you generally have to go the business route. Uh, but the probabilities are very low, obviously. Real estate is a much more likely secure way of getting to a million dollar plus net worth. Um, so let's let's talk about this. Let's contrast single family investing to multifamily. Let's say you would have stayed explicitly and solely in um, single family. And let's let's look forward 30 years. What do you think your net worth 30 years from now would be if you were only a single family investor versus a multifamily investor? Well, yeah, that, that's the big thing. Um, it's the growth potential. Let's let let's just hypothetically say you buy you buy one house, um, and it's going to cash flow. Let's say I don't know a thousand dollars a month, like in my case. But don't forget, if a person moves out, and then you have to do a turn, and find a new tenant, you're losing two months right there. So ultimately, you're making ten thousand dollars a year, uh, approximately net. That, that's that's clean. So how many of those houses do you really need in order to support your lifestyle? I'm not I'm not or support your expenses, I should say, because your lifestyle may be much higher than your expenses. So and ultimately, all these houses are in different locations, difficult to manage, because let's say they're scattered all over New Jersey, let's just say. So if something breaks, you're not being a business person. You, you, you're running around managing. You know, when I said enough is enough, when my tenants called me and they said there's a raccoon in their attic or in my house's attic and they want me to like chase it away. And I'm like, are you guys serious? You're living pretty much like in the middle of the woods and you're complaining because there's a, there's a raccoon on your roof. I mean, come on. Really? And, and mind you, the funniest thing is they're moving to Florida after that. There's gators everywhere. <laughs> right. Who are they going to call if they're going to chase a gator away? But in my opinion, the growth is is huge. Uh, like I said, I'm part of Jake and Gino, and they're talking about they're talking about gener generational wealth. You get the you get the apartment complex. It cash flows for let's say first three years. You refi, get all your money out. So now you have infinite returns because all your investment, you you got it back. So now it's just cash flowing a hundred. I mean, it's it's awesome. You get another one and then another one. They hold they 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 call it the conveyor belt theory, where you refi one, you sell one, you buy another one, and it keeps going and going and going in a circle. So ultimately, people that have I don't know five hundred doors are literally financially free. They can be on the beach and hang out and do nothing. And so in your syndication model, some of your syndications, you plan on keeping them. So the model is you you syndicate, you refinance, and the, the structure of the syndication is that you pay them back, but you keep the property or, or are you selling all the syndication? Uh, no, no. In a syndication, we have to sell in uh, five years uh, because we promised our investors that the whole period is five years. Typically, it's three to five years uh, in Three syndications that I'm in, uh, five here is the hold. We're selling those, returning all the capital and then some to our investors. On the previous deal, we are targeting two times X multiple. So just for the ease of numbers, if you're investing $100,000, you're looking to get $200,000 in five years in addition to 7% 
cash on cash return per year. So on 100,000, it's $8,000, give or take, um, each year. And all of that, of course, is tax-free because we depreciate the building. We do cost segregation, and uh, that's accelerated depreciation. So you get a K-1 uh, form at the end of the year, you give it to a CPA, and they offset all those gains. So technically, even at the end of five years, and I'm not a CPA, but at the end of five years, our target is so you pay pretty much no taxes or maybe very, very little. And a lot of people can invest not only with just their cash, but they can invest self-directed IRA, even 401k. I mean, people invest with anything or do a 1031 exchange. That That's another way of investing in a syndication. The life holds, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to call them life, but long holds. Those are JVs. I got, I did, I did four of those and we're holding them. We are targeting for seven to 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And so when you do the cost segregation, accelerated depreciation model, essentially you're taking all your depreciation up front. And then when you go to sell, it's recaptured. What does recapture look like on these deals? Uh, yeah, in, in, there is, there is some recapture for sure. Yeah. We, we pretty much do accelerated depreciation on everything, uh, in order to take advantage of this. I mean, it, it, it's, it's awesome. You have to depreciate it, it, it especially now. I mean, it's not as good as it was last year. Last year, you could have taken 100%. Now it's 80%. Yeah. Uh, it's going to go to 60% next year, but hopefully with the new, you know, uh, 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 people that are coming into Washington and, you know, all the laws, hopefully they'll bring it back. But still, 80% is awesome. So just to give you an example, on $100,000, you're looking at maybe 60, we're targeting approximately 60 to 70% of depreciation. So it, it, it's a, it's a huge chunk of money that you're looking to save. So that's what we're targeting. How much of yeah. that, say, say they invest a hundred thousand and 60,000 is, is depreciation. How much do they have to pay back when the property sold? And not, not I, in, in my experience, most people, depending on their financial situation, it all varies, hmm. but almost nothing if nothing at all, because you, the, all the gains that you've made throughout the, the years, and please don't quote me, speak with your uh, CPA or accountant, all the gains that you've made uh, are being set off by the uh, depreciation. So, hmm. you know, it, it's a, it's a great model. And uh, a lot, that's why a lot of people defer taxes uh, using 1031 formula where they uh, move uh, they sell a, an investment property and they move their uh, gains into the new property and a syndication, for example, and they defer paying taxes. I mean, eventually you'll pay them, but who knows what the uh, what your uh, you know tax strategy is going to be down the road. But right now, at least you don't pay anything. You defer paying taxes. Well, and a lot of the people that are investing as limited partners in syndications, once they get the you know, the capital back, they just invest in another syndication has another set of depreciation and so on and so forth. Because usually once you kind of make the decision that I want to be a passive investor, it, most people don't go back. I mean, it's really, it can be really, really nice when you're, you know, okay, I put a hundred thousand dollars in this investment and I get 
you know, like you said, double my money plus some things back in five years. It's like, hey, let's keep that rolling, you know? Yeah, uh, for sure. And in many cases, um, I haven't done this, but in many cases, few operators uh, do a refi uh, after year three and then return at least 60 to 80, sometimes even all of the capital back to the investors. And then it's just purely cash flow for them. So they get their money back um, much sooner. The uh, I guess the negative, if you can call it a negative, you're not liquid. Yeah. Right. You can't come out of this deal. You know, I mean, technically, if something, God forbid, happens like, you know, during year three or four or something like that. Yeah. You can speak to a syndicator and yeah, they'll give you the money back. But typically don't think you will be able to get your money back um, uh, before the, uh, before the sale, which is year five. So you have obviously been able, you said four JVs, a number of other, uh, you know, sponsored deals. As far as like deal flow, like quantity size, like what is your aspirations for the next, like say 12 to 18 months? Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, th this year I've closed one. So I'm thinking, um, I want to do five. It It's, you know, I, I, I gotta go 10 X. I, I gotta go more. See, see, now you got, you got me thinking. Um, but my goal is to do five and I'll tell you why, because of uncertainty in the market. That's the big thing. Um, uh, everything jumps. I mean, uh, we, one of the deals that we in, try to buy, the lender pulled out because they're afraid of what's happening here because the rates are spiking. Uh, so we kind of changing our strategy when it comes to lenders. Uh, in addition, of course, the insurance is going through the roof, especially in Houston. We're underwriting at 15,000 per door, even more. But ultimately, if the deal works, it works. So my goal for this year is to do five and, uh, but, but dive in and really concentrate in operations on just running asset managing. So actually, instead of holding back, maybe a little choosing the deals that are just amazing, not be at good deals or great deals, just amazing deals. And then just seeing how the market uh, is, because even though the rates went up, the sellers are still not realizing that I think, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I want the prices from two years ago. I'm like, no, 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 that doesn't happen anymore. And we see deals are coming back that, you know, should technically close that we underwritten in November. And now it's, uh, you know, April and they're coming back and they're like, oh yeah, they didn't close. I'm like, well, of course they didn't close. Nobody's going to pay those prices anymore. Yeah. So what is the craziest experience or transaction you faced in real estate? Oh yeah, that, 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 that actually it, that's the deal in Kansas. So, so we're about to close on that deal. Uh, we were supposed to close, uh, like mid December and, um, we get a call basically two weeks before, uh, before, uh, two weeks, two weeks prior to December 1st. So like, I don't know, November 15th or something like that. And they're like, guys, we got to close in two weeks. We're like, whoa, we had a month. No, 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 two weeks. I'm like, oh my God, all right, fine. So everybody's scrambling, started filling out, you know, finish, finishing out due diligence, doing all that stuff. Um, everything is fine. We have 
I think like three days until uh, like December 1st, you know, something like four days. And I have to fly to uh, Dallas to a four a conference. And they, I, we filled out everything because I'm in Jersey. Few people are in Kansas. Some people are in New York. So we all basically signed and notarized our paperwork, paperwork, sent everything to Kansas. Everything is fine. And I go to the team. I'm like, guys, I'm flying out to Dallas. I'm not going to be able to speak a lot on the phone. It's a conference. We sure everything is perfect. Yeah, don't worry, Vlad. We're ready to close. No problem at all. Go enjoy your conference. No problem. Flying into Dallas, very happy, excited. Two days before, I get a call. Oh, Vlad, by the way, we found a mistake in one of the LLCs. We need to redo all of our paperwork. I'm like, wait, wait, guys, hold on a second. I'm like in the middle of nowhere. I'm not in a fancy hotel. I'm staying literally in the middle of the field in a little motel uh, by the airport. I got no fax. I got no printer, nothing. Well, they're like, well, no pressure. But if we're not going to close in two days, we're going to lose our rate. And most likely... we. Basically, it's not going to cash flow as good and uh, the deal will, I don't know, the seller might just say, forget it. I'm like, oh boy, no pressure at all. <laughs> so at this, I'm not going to give up. Hey, listen, I'm calling uh, and I need a notary, by the way. So I'm calling all the notaries. I'm, I'm Googling notaries. And uh, one notary goes like, well, I'm driving now, so I can't go to your hotel to notarize papers. I'm like, where are you now? And she's like, well, I'm driving on this highway. I'm like, can you just pull over? I'll come over to you. So I'm hopping over this field with stack of papers that I've printed at, at the hotel um, at the front desk. She checked my ID. She's stamping all these papers on the hood of her car. And uh, I'm like, I need to get to a, a, a UPS because I need to overnight this. Uh, for tomorrow morning delivery uh, to Kansas, Kansas City. And she's like, well, I can't help you. I'm going that way and everything is the opposite direction. So I'm, I'm looking for an Uber, uh, found an Uber. He drives over. I hop in the car and I'm like, listen, I'm trying to get to the UPS. And the time is like, I don't know, like 4.30. UPS closes at 5. So <laughs> we drive by. And I see a UPS truck pulling away from the uh, from the uh, store, from the UPS store. I run in front of the UPS truck and I'm like, stop, stop, do not leave. We need to, t you need to take this envelope and you need to mail this right away because we have to, I have to ship this. And the guy's like, what are you out of your mind? You're standing in front of a truck. I'm like, I don't care, just stop. I, he, and he, I guess he saw that I was serious or maybe he was a nice guy. <laughs> so he waited for me. The UPS truck waited for me. I run inside the store. I get a label, stamped the label on the envelope, gave it to the UPS driver and he took off. <laughs> yeah. Everything got delivered. We closed, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I had to do in order to uh, make this happen. And, uh, it's it's I'm, I'm so glad that i did what that that was a crazy experience oh my goodness that's one of the greatest stories i've heard that is dedication and persistence my friend how awesome yeah, have is that to. It, 
it, it, you won't be bored. You won't be bored. That's for sure. And, and that's often where our passion and our energy comes from, right? It's the excitement of the journey. And, and, and while there's times where that gets tough, like I'm sure after that moment, you probably just like had to breathe and, and relax a bit. But um, man, kudos to you for getting that done. What a story. Yeah, I, I went to the bar right away. I <laughs> I had to take like a shot. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I, I never thought I'll be like hopping in the middle of the field onto the highway to meet, uh, you know, uh, a notary to uh, to stamp all the paperwork. But hey, you have you do what you have to do, right? In many cases, we have to go above and beyond. And it, it's like that uh, everywhere. Being a regular realtor, you have crazy stories too, but... This one was actually very fresh in my mind, and yeah, we closed. It was uh, it was pretty nerve wracking, right? And what good marketing you could do to your investors in the future? Hey, I'll st- I'll stand in front of a truck to get your deal done. Uh, yeah. How awesome! Well, well, he's not going to run me over, right? You know, I'm thinking he's not just going to drive. Plus, over there, they're nice in Kansas City. They're they they he probably saw like my crazy look that I'm sweating all over the place and I'm like, Hey, stop. Yeah. You have to take this paper. Just give me five minutes. And he waited. Love it. Well, Vlad, thank you so much for telling us about your life and your business and your journey of, of being a graphic designer all the way to now to having 500 units and being on this amazing trajectory. Guys, if you're out there listening, take notes. Maybe you're a graphic designer. Maybe you're not in the place you want to be. Maybe you don't have the energy or the path to freedom that you want. Take down some notes from what Vlad is doing. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 